Hello and thank you for joining us again on another episode of Conflicts the Podcast. This is episode 6 in our first season. Today's guest is none other than Andy Appel, writer, director, cinematographer, director of photography, I don't know, editor, actor. He kind of just does it all. Um, Andy is a uh, product of Thunder Bay, born and raised, and uh, we were able to have him uh, visit us here and have a great chat, not only here for the podcast, but also with our students here at Conflicts. And it, the I, I want to be upfront about this. Uh, I discovered very quickly after first meeting Andy that he and I uh, share more things in common than I can uh, care to admit. And so a lot of our interests, um, although paralleled, also found their way of coming out time and time again in this conversation. And also, this was recorded two days before Christmas. And so we were all alone, just Andy and myself. Normally we have our uh, producer here, Nigel, uh, one of our students here at uh, Conflicts, to help keep us, uh, you know, keep, just rein us in when things get a little too much. But uh, that didn't happen. And so this conversation went on for way, way, way too long. So yet again, like the Steve Johnson episode, you will notice there's a part one here. Today we're going to focus more on Andy's journey uh, how he fell in love with film, how he got into acting first, and how that acting bug would uh, turn into uh, directing and everything else. We'll stop by highlighting a couple of his larger projects, and then we'll come back again for episode two, and we'll focus more on uh, more of these uh, big films and TV shows that Andy has been a part of, and then we'll talk about what's next for uh, Andy in the future. So uh, we hope you're loving this podcast uh, it's been so much fun making it. We want to continue making it uh, with bigger and better guests all the time. And your part in making sure that can happen is to just stick with us, like, subscribe, share, uh, let anyone know who you think might find this interesting. And for all of those at home uh, listening, uh, if you're a youngster looking to get into the film industry, if you have any questions at all, uh, whether it be for our program here, Conflicts, or about working in this film industry, Reach out to us on all of our social platforms. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, without further ado, let us begin episode six, Andy Appel. Thank you so much, Andy Appel. You're here. It's been a long time. We chatted months ago online. Yeah, randomly. I would say so. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was a wrestling thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something, maybe I posted something about one of the wrestling projects I was working on, and then I reached out to you. I can't Tales remember. Tales from the Territory. Tales from the Territory. It yeah, was on right. one of those Facebook uh, wrestling groups yes, that I'm yeah. also on, and then yes. I was like, oh, this is cool, and we just started talking. That's right, that's right. And I realized we had, I, I don't know the project, but we had met years ago when you worked at White's yes. at Down South. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So in doing a little bit of research, I like to come a little bit prepared, okay? okay? Yeah. And it works well for me because I'm a movie fanatic. Yes. I have discovered that every step of your career, we are connected. Oh, really? And we're going <laughs> to... Oh. So we're going to talk about that a Amazing. little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that sweet. was something I realized as I was going through. I'm like, hmm, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. And, oh, that's and, exciting. To all of the students listening and to everyone, whether you're in Canada or wherever you are in the world, the neat thing about this industry is that we are kind of like this weird little subculture of people. 100%, yeah. And there are many of us, thousands upon thousands in Canada, like in, in Ontario alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we all know each other, you know? It's a small world. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really Canadian is. The industry is a small world. So. Yeah. The film industry is a small world. The film world. industry is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now. 
I was born in Mississippi. Well, I was born in Hamilton, but I'm a city boy that came to Thunder Bay uh, to learn. And I now live here after going back and working in the industry. But you did the opposite. You You were born in Thunder Bay. Yeah. And now you're... Uh, working in Toronto. Do you live in Toronto? I do. I live downtown. Whereabouts? I live uh, like Church and Wellesley. I was a Dufferin and Davenport guy. Wow. Oh, I love Dufferin. Davenport. I love Dufferin. Beautiful too. area. Great area. Yeah. I, we're, my wife and I love Bloor Court, so we were always either in Ossington or Dufferin. My favorite, like when I first went to Toronto, my favorite intersection was um, Bathurst and Bloor yeah. at the time where, I mean, now Honest Ed's is gone, but at the time there was like this Honest Ed's, which was this amazing gaudy building like totally. you know like oh it's totally. beautiful like insane sayings on it that don't really make any sense and there was the Bloor cinema yes right, right over there yes and, and queen video queen video it was just like it was really like an exciting yeah, intersection sonic boom from was there. sonic boom it was just yeah everything that i loved was like oh it's right in this corner i like totally agree yeah yeah when they were shooting scott pilgrim i was so thrilled to see them uh, at the time, we were living right by the the Salvation Army oh, on yeah, Saint yeah. Clair West. Yep, that's why yep. that's the first place my wife yep. and I had, uh, and then we moved towards Bloor Court. But yeah, that just to see them in that area because I agree with Beautiful. you, it's a wonderful spot. Insomnia is like the best breakfast you can get in the city. Oh yeah, it's I don't so know if good. Been there, but yeah. When I kind of moved out on my own mm-hmm. after my you know college house, I moved out and. Uh, I lived in the beaches for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> Which I loved. I loved the beaches too. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Absolutely yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. I grew up near Port Credit in Mississauga. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had so much character. It was kind of dirty, but a lot of character, yep. great shops. Yep. And I definitely see it as the beaches part two. I don't know if you've been down there. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it yeah, feels yeah. like it's getting that vibe, definitely. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a Cold Stone Creamery <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either exactly. there or yeah. being built. So... <laughs> yeah. Have you always been a movie nerd? Always. Ever since my youth. I actually like I, I spent a lot of spent a lot of time in the hospital when I was a kid mm-hmm. and um there wasn't a lot to do, so I watched so many movies and read a lot of comic books and yeah. that kind of thing. Uh so early on I was like that was a world I just kind of threw myself into. And um I also had like significantly older siblings, mm-hmm. like by like sixteen years. So I was getting to watch things that maybe yeah. a regular seven, eight-year-old kid wasn't getting to watch. And not even just like, like horror was big for me, but not not even like getting snuck like crazy horror movies, just getting snuck like uh, adult cinema. Not, yeah. Not, you know what I mean? But like like, like dramatic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things that are like having like Taxi Driver on in the basement or like, the, like even The Godfather at a very early age where, you know, a kid normally wouldn't be diving into those films so i i, I feel lucky that I've, i got those movies at a very early age and i enjoyed them at an early age that's awesome so yeah it was but like of course as a kid i liked those movies i didn't know why i liked them um but i loved of course all the like for me when i was growing up hook was a huge movie for me mm-hmm. i know that's a like a polarizing spielberg movie we can forgive you for it <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone says that no like, I, I actually think it's one of dustin hoffman's best performances it's so good yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think and the pr- uh, production design of that film is gorgeous <laughs> i i'm gonna go a little sidestep here yeah i i liked hook okay for me, I, okay, Rufio, I think a lot of people hate Rufio. Yes, I think yeah. he is the polarizer in that film. Sure. For me, it was Julia Roberts. I uh, hated Tinkerbell talking. Okay. I thought that what made Tinkerbell so interesting yeah. 
is no longer interesting. Yes, it's just yes. Julia Roberts talking. Yes. Okay. And so to me, that That's was interesting. Yeah, okay, that yeah. really threw me off. But yeah. Hoskins, you off. it pissed me <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But Bob Hoskins oh, as Schmidt, yeah. you couldn't ask for a better no, one. No, no, and so good, yeah. in the trailer, he does this little thing with his shoulder where he's like <laughs> yeah, dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll never forget that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's Bob Hoskins yeah. on And John Bob Williams Hoskins. score. Beautiful oh, John Williams beautiful score. score. Yeah. That's great. No, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful film. Yeah, yeah. That I feel like I. That is hilarious. Would be like, I'm thinking of like formative early early films for me. Where Hook, Wayne's World, <laughs> was hugely formative for me. Yeah, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I would say oh. is like maybe the key. Like tr- like that's the trigger for me yeah. for kind of starting to really begin my interest in like making movies. Awesome. Yeah, I awesome. would say that that film. <laughs> yeah, no, for yeah. me it was very young as well, and I, I you know um, I had a very similar situation mm-hmm. um but for me it was my my grandfather was very ill when i was young. okay yeah and so my mother and her two sisters each weekend one would stay with her parents uh to take care of them for the weekend and if my dad was my dad was a triple shift worker so if he was home sleeping to reset his schedule mm-hmm. i could just stay home yeah and so i would just watch movies like to the point where my uh my dad there was a sticker on our VCR that said eight, eight hours. And I didn't realize at the time it was referring to a new type of tape oh, that could do yeah. an even more version. Like, you know, there's SLP. Yep. There's, and it could do eight hours. Yep. But he told me that meant you can't watch more than eight hours in a day because you start to burn out the heads. Wow. That's how much I was watching in yeah, a day. Yeah, it was a yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, but sometimes he would fall asleep. And he would leave movies playing. Yeah. Right? And so I would just walk down and I would just watch all these films. And also because it was he and I alone. He's an 80s dad. Yeah. All right, get over here. We're going to watch yeah. this crazy movie that yeah. I have no – here's Hellraiser. I have no yeah. business yeah. seeing yeah. this. <laughs> exactly. But let's yeah. watch it, right? Yeah. Um, colors. I saw Colors when I was like eight and I was wow. like, why am I seeing yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know this exists. Yeah, yeah. But um, the, the big ones for me uh, where I knew it, I had to be a filmmaker – um, it was a double feature, and it was the free weekend, the free preview weekend on First Choice. And it was um, My Life as a Dog and Hope and Glory, oh, two yeah, films yeah. I never thought I would ever see in my life. I, these were not on my radar. Yes, yeah. But it was just a boy coming of age double feature. Sure, role, and yeah. I was that age. How old were you roughly? I was around? like maybe 11. 11. Oh, there you go. That's formative, Man, right? Formative. 11, yeah, yeah. And I, I walked out of that afternoon knowing two things. Number one, that I wasn't alone. Yes, Yes, uh, I really thought I was. Yeah. And they, those movies showed me I wasn't. And number two, I was watching the credits and I was like, this movie, especially My Life as a Dog, it really did something special for me. Mm-hmm. And I want my name in the credits because everyone involved just did something yes. for my life. And so these thousands of people, I'm going to honor you because now I'm going to do this for everyone else. Yes, yeah. I relate to that so much because that was the same. Like, I feel like I started those movies. I feel like every filmmaker has, like, for me at least, there's a series of formative events yeah. that, like, kind of yeah. make you finally, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is. Totally. And, like, for me, it was, I remember back in the, I wanted to be an actor. Like, that's what I, because that's how I understood movies. Sure. At, at, in my very young youth, I was like, oh, acting. It's like you're on, you're acting. And so I really wanted to be an actor. I still love acting, respect acting huge, hugely. Um, don't do it at all as much as I used to, but uh, but I loved it. And then it was like I remember it was the 
end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark tape had the behind the scenes feature yes. after the credits. Yeah, there's a little like 20 minute behind the scenes thing. Totally. And it just something hit. It clicked. I was like, I understood. I was like, oh, this is this is how you tell stories. Yeah. Like, this is cool. And that movie makes me feel something. It makes me feel so excited. Mm-hmm. I want to do stuff like that. That sounds 100%. that's amazing. And then like and then when I got a little bit older, probably around it was probably about 11, 12, same thing. It was a weekend. I had watched, thanks to my my older brothers, I had watched, um, I have different relationships with some of these films now that I'm mm-hmm. older, but at the time it was a huge, I had watched 100%. Clerks, mm-hmm. uh, Memento, mm-hmm. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Memento, and Evil Dead. Nice. All in the same weekend. And that was a, I, that's a huge turn point for yeah. me as well of like, oh no, this is really, I, I think I want to make these. <laughs> like this is really, because Clerks makes it accessible. For me, yes. I was like, "That's oh, this is accessible." Memento for me at the time was like, "Oh, this is what movies can be," mm-hmm. <laughs> and Evil Dead was. I don't even just watch Evil Dead. Yeah, you'll get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and all theory independent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as a member of the uh, Memento was the big indie darling that year. That's right. It was yeah. a huge hit yeah. for an indie film. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree, and I'm assuming Clerks one you're talking about yeah. for. Uh, it's yeah. There's a lot of movies where I look back now and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. but still, you know, I have a history of film class that I teach, yes, and I'm like, yeah. you know, we can dive, we can shake the rug on yeah. every decade yeah. and unearth the horrific things that were happening. Of course, yeah. but there was also still good. Exactly, right? exactly. And I think yeah. Even in a movie like Clerks, there's some horrific stuff happening. There's a lot of good. Oh yeah, and I give know? it so much credit for totally. like, my light, like career choices in my me life. Too. Yeah, me too. that movie. That was, was a. I I adored that film when I was young. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and it blew my mind when I found out how they made it. Yes, right? yeah. like shooting on nights and with the shutters and everything. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, you wrote it in. Maxing out the credit cards. So smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So smart. Yeah. So, what is your favorite film now? Whew. I know, Whew. and you don't, and it doesn't have to be the best film. I know. Yep. They are different. Yep. There's a f- movie I saw a couple years ago that I've watched maybe ten times since mm-hmm. I saw it, uh, and it really changed my view of filmmaking. It's a movie from 1978 called Straight Time. Mm-hmm. Starring Dustin Hoffman. Do you know yep. That? Yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. It really, like I've always loved like the 70s, that, that era of 70s American film, of course, is like, it's untouchable, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've always loved, you know, I, I would say the conversation was maybe in there for me as my mm-hmm. number one for, for the longest time. But then this, I don't know, something about Straight Time really just hit me in a way that, uh, that well, the performances, the um ambiguity of the characters which is something we don't see enough anymore i think that's something i, I love in that 70s film especially that film is like dustin hoffman's character is you know you're you're rooting for him but he's not a he's all a good guy <laughs> but you're totally rooting for him and um i mean of course there are filmmakers now who are touching that again and bringing yep. that in but uh, uh yeah it, it was it felt very authentic Everything everybody went through in that movie was felt like so authentic, and where it, without ruining anything, where it leaves you at the end, uh, it wraps things up in a way, but it doesn't. I know it allows you to kind of drift at the end, mm-hmm. just like the credits are rolling, and you're just kind of feeling this whole journey you've been on. And it, they didn't fight hard to give you this last image that's like, whoa, remember? Yeah, they just like really gave you. I don't know. They gave you time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great pick. Yeah. What would you say is the best movie of all time? Oh, the best movie. 
question. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. And you can change your answer in three seconds because I always do. Okay. <laughs> can I give you a couple best movies? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, this, well, this was probably my favorite movie for a long time, but also I think Fargo is mm-hmm. probably one of the best movies ever made. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. I always, and it always, because it's a Coen Brothers movie, I always go to the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. It might also be one of the best films ever made. <laughs> um, best films ever made. Those those are two big ones for me. Oh my goodness! Do you what's can you can I hear you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, favorite film has oh. been Train Spotting for about thirty years now. Gorgeous. Yeah. I, I I when I first saw it, that's my first time meeting all of these characters. Yeah. I hadn't seen Shallow Grave yet, so I hadn't known any of these performers, Amazing. any of them. Oh, so it was goodness. just like oh, you're all genius, yeah. right? <laughs> Um, but it, authenticity I, too in that mm, film—it's just like beyond anything yeah, I've ever like, seen. Oh, this is what acting and fi- this is what you can do. Like this is what it is. Robert yeah. Carlyle was legit terrifying. Yeah, yeah, legit yeah. terrifying. Um, but I think the best film of all time for me is 2001: A Space oh, Odyssey. Yeah, because it 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 re-envisioned how we can tell a story. Yeah, yeah. And I know that Stalker was supposed to be like this yeah, big. Yeah. I know, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Stalker too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. But I but I'm I'm a 2000. I'd rather guy. watch 2001 than Stalker. Oh, it's genius. I <laughs> there I said it. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah me too. Yeah, I know yeah. we're both done. I'm gonna yeah. get fired tomorrow. <laughs> but the first time I saw that, I was probably about 12 or 13. And at that point, it had been established that I was a Kubrick fanatic mm-hmm. um, without even realizing much uh, of, of this. Uh, but my dad said, oh, no, you know what? I think you'd like this. Yeah. And so the movie was halfway over when I sat down. So I didn't know anything. They were already on their way to Jupiter. Yeah. But when, when I can feel AI being afraid yeah. and when I can feel AI almost like an, like an accelerated dementia. Yeah. Like 10 years of dementia in yeah. five seconds. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I felt it. Yeah. I was like 12. Yeah. I shouldn't be feeling this. But yeah, I think yeah. I've been primed to by other films. Yeah. So I have a different sensitivity now. Yeah. yeah. I cried. Yeah. I cried, cried watching Hal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Hal was evil. Yeah. I, Hal was just doing a job. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the rest of the movie happened and I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I read the book and then I watched it again. But you made me cry yeah. over AI. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that that to me is an achievement beyond anything else. Absolutely. And then when I yeah. watched it again, and then when you peel back the onion and the tech behind it, yeah. and you're like, well, this is just, oh yeah, it's you, all next level. Yeah, it was leaps and bounds ahead of everything. <laughs> and, that, and so my, my favorite, is, I, I was, I, Kubrick's my guy. Um, the fact that he put that album in yeah. the dead center shot in Clockwork Orange. Yes, yeah. As saying, I am my own yeah. leader now. Like yeah. I don't I'm not following anyone else. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, oh, beautiful. Where do you where do you stand on his like um the kind of controversy of his directing style? The approach. The approach. I yeah, talk yeah. about this actually. Oh, cool. So I have a class in four semester. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about and, yeah. and so a lot of it has to do with fundraising and setting up for film night. But the big question everyone has when they're gonna graduate is what do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I break? Yeah, yeah. And so we chart a different director every class mm. and how they broke. Cool. And then we'll watch an early work. Yeah. So there, the kids, great. The kids yeah. aren't going to know this mm-hmm. because this will already have happened by the mm-hmm. time I air this. But the first episode is going to be all about Spielberg. Okay. And we're going to watch Duel. 
Love Duel. Right? I love and, Duel. Yeah. <laughs> and so, movie. and we're going to say, and we're going to talk about Columbo. We're going to talk about his early work yep. with Joan Crawford. We're going to yeah. talk about how the hell did he. Into Sugarland Express. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And we'll end on Jaws. Yeah. That's kind of where it ends. Because that's where the blockbuster is born. The blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I will do a Kubrick one. Yeah. Because he's my favorite filmmaker. And yeah. I, I reference his work constantly. Yeah. Because he was, he was what made me obsessed with film. Sure. Uh, and then, like I said, my life as a dog made me want to work in it. Um, I, I, I don't care for his approach. Mm-hmm. I, I adore that the work exists. Mm-hmm. Thank God it does. Do the ends justify the means? No. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> but I will love it yeah. and I will adore it because it exists anyways. Yeah. And thank God it does. But my approach to filmmaking, I'll show a different filmmaker. And so yeah. I have a filmmaker where I adore their approach. Cool. It's Hal Ashby. Okay. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to make films the way I want to make them and and we're we're a team and we're yep. and we're and we're going to it's 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 fueled by love and honesty and yeah. story and characters. Yeah, yeah. That to me is exactly how I want to make films. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. If I can make films that way and have them end up being Kubrick films, yeah. Obviously, who could do that? But like that would be the that would be the end. <laughs> yeah, I I think I agree completely with you in that uh I, I love Kubrick's films. Yeah, like when you said 2001, I'm like, oh yeah, that is one of the like in one of the best films ever made. Of course it is. I think The Shining is one of the best films ever made. I too. agree too. Clockwork Orange, I, yeah, I, I adore and and its influence. Obviously, these the influence of these films are is undeniable. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, you hear the story. I remember I heard Robert Duvall, who's like one of my all time favorite actors by far. Um, he had said because he had heard a lot about Kubrick's approach on things and it. He didn't agree with it. He mm-hmm. didn't like it as an actor. He's like, I don't believe. He he would said like, I'd love to sit him down. This is an old interview with him. He's like, I'd love to sit him down and show him his first take and his hundred and eightieth take, and not tell him which is which, and have him tell me which is which take. And I guarantee he wouldn't be able to tell me. And he's probably right. Like like you you he wouldn't. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> and because because you know Robert Duvall became. Is a director as well. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever see The Apostle? Oh yeah, I love that movie. It's fantastic. That's so good. Yeah, and he like, well, I mean, having years experience as like a, you know, Academy Award winning actor and and whatnot. Obviously, he brought something. He brought that actor's director knowledge right to yes. his films later. But I always was so interested to hear his opinion of Kubrick at the time because I'm sure he could have very easily been cast in a Kubrick movie. Mm-hmm. Robert Duvall like would have fit in. Very well in that era. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he just hearing that he would never work with Kubrick. Right. Seeing he knew what he was like. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I disagree with this. Me too, me too. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, there's no reason anybody ever needs to be hurt in any yeah. way, physically, emo- obviously physically, emotionally, anything like that when you're making a movie. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't It doesn't have, make doesn't sense. doesn't have to happen. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> You're clearly a film nerd. Big this is awesome. Yeah, 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 this is yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so your early days in Thunder Bay, you're going to the Cumberland, I'm assuming. It was my first job. Oh, was it? It was the Cumberland Cinema. Yeah, yeah. I love that theater. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing I saw there was Last Days, Gus Van Sant's Oh, no. Film. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wow. how long ago that's it was. That's a while back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah, that theater was, yeah, very formative to me in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah. I, I mean, I was only a student here. It was yeah. only two years, but, man, I love that place. I saw The Adventures of Pluto Nash there. <laughs> 
we could talk about that movie all day long too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, or the blockbuster when that came out for oh. rental, and yeah, there's a whole wall because the pressure, <laughs> no one, right? the pressure to make the money back on that film. Yeah, yeah. It was like baby geniuses. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that one. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So 2006, 2007. I'm a student here yep. at Confederation College, and I'm prepping for my film. And 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 uh, lo and behold. You get a call. Were you in the casting book? How did you get involved with, I, I with went, cyberpunks? I went to a casting call. Uh, yeah, I believe it was, I think the casting call was here. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, maybe in the auditorium here. Does that sound right? It does, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, they had, um, oh, now I'm remembering it. Now it's all coming back. They, uh, they put up flyers at hi- all the high schools in town because they were looking for high school students because it was, it was a high school film. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there was... It was just an ad in my high school. It was given to me. I was in the drama department there. I was doing a lot of plays and acting. And I was also in the communications department in high school, which was was the film kind of program. I totally. Had, which I was very lucky to have, like, a high school program where I learned Final Cut. Like, we had Final Cut, mm-hmm. which awesome. I know now Final Cut. I mean, no, there's there's it's still it's still going. But uh, I know one person who uses it religiously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we all know one person. Yeah, we all know one person, yeah. I don't use it anymore, but... Uh, but at the time, it was a great a bunch of great tools to have. Mm. But anyway, I got this uh, cyberpunks um, flyer looking for teenagers, looking for kids to come and audition for this film. And I went and auditioned. I auditioned for the lead role originally. My friend uh, Benoit, who's also was in the film program, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. That's yeah, right. he ended up playing the star of the film. He got the lead role. Mm-hmm. But then I got a call back a couple days later to play the villain. In cyberpunks and Adam Stevenson cyberpunks, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So the funny thing about Adam is that uh, he and I had a without knowing it, we had both pinned each other as the competition. Oh, really? So I never worked on any of his films, oh, no and way. he never worked on any of my films. Well, you guys would have got along so well, we <laughs> and, and we do, yeah, and, and you do now. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and and we 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 did then. But I remember seeing his first film and going, oh, this guy's got something. Yeah, yeah. He's got something I don't have. And so he's my benchmark. I'm going to be as good as Adam Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And cool. then with the next film, it was like, okay, I think my film was about as good as his. Yeah, yeah. I need to be better than him now. Yeah, yeah. And so we were we were doing, uh, we were prepping for our sound films. And like in post, we, were, we, were, we had shot them and everything. And uh, I had gone to the second year film night. And we were all in first year. And he came down with his little Nagra and a microphone. And he said, I'm doing this sound film and it takes place on New Year's Eve. I'm wondering, do y'all want to be in a movie right now? And he got everyone in the audience to count down from 10 and say, Happy New Year's. And I sat in the audience going, you son of a... (laughs) You're so smart. (laughs) You're so smart. I want to be as smart as Adam Stevenson. It's unrealistic how much... I'm giving this guy yeah, for yeah. credit. Yeah. And so that's why my my thesis, I needed horses, okay. I needed weapons. I'm I'm making a historical film about Louis yeah. Riel. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to make costumes from scratch and I'm going to have gallows and I'm going to have yeah, all this yeah. stuff. So that was a big answer to him sure. to say, I'm doing this. I'm yeah. going to make a better movie than you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when he did this thing with the casting call and yeah. he had his own casting, I was like, he's yeah. so... Smart. Oh, is that Adam. different? So you guys do. You guys we have, have our own okay. casting, and then he did his own. He's like, well, yeah. but I'm specifically looking while you're yeah. all here. Yeah, yeah. Such a smart thing to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. He always had drive. Yeah. And so on film night, we watched each other's films, 
and I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. And especially the credits, the titles at the end oh, are yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And so Adam and his friend Derek. Yes, yeah. They had a place near the Fort William Gardens yeah, that they I were renting. Uh, and yeah. so they hosted a big film party for yeah. everyone. Come to our place. Let's all hang out and have a drink and play some Nintendo and yeah, yeah. have a good time. He came up to me very drunk and I was very drunk. And, and he said, I got to tell you something. And I was like, I got to tell you something too. And we both said the exact same thing. Oh, that's amazing. It was like, I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because I need to be better than you. Yeah, because yeah. we were also the two huge film nerds. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and, and we understood all this language and stuff. I just didn't understand and the tech behind it yeah um and so when i was when i was uh, looking at your imdb yeah, uh, and i was like oh look at that <laughs> cyberpunk so i was like you could have acted in anyone's movie yes yeah but but i i thought it was phenomenal i remember your performance oh you do absolutely okay red okay. t-shirt leather jacket yeah yeah you thing. got oh, it i yeah. remember i yeah. remember you were you were absolutely great oh thank you yeah and uh, <laughs> and i thought it was a very a very strong film night so it's funny yeah. that you were there so yes. you saw my thesis yeah. film as well um. Yeah, I ended up. It getting, was like a, a wonderful experience too. I'll uh, say that it was very fun. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. incredible, and yeah. that's why I was so happy to come back and teach because yeah. I got to like do this for other kids. And yeah. So you did that. Did you work on any other? Did you act on any other films? Uh, or? I, I worked on another one of like another project of Ad- it wasn't a thesis, but okay. another project of Adams. Mm-hmm. It was like a commercial or something like that. Was that for his backlot? submission because he was trying to get on that Spielberg TV show. It might have been that. It was a commercial though for like this this. Winamp? Windward. Windward, yeah. You were in the Windward. I'm the guy. I'm the, like, the, no yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that one. All right, that so. was very fun. That was a good day here at the college. It was so for those fun. listening, uh, Windward, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were told by one of our professors that Windward was looking for uh, a student filmmaker to make a series of um, web videos. Yes. Because they were very big at the time about their, their new software. <laughs> and uh, we did. We, mm-hmm. myself, and Josh Sabalski, we made a, a series of videos, and one of them um, was during a war. So we had a guy in full getup, and he's out in the he's out in the snow, <laughs> machine gun, awesome. and he's running. And all of a sudden, gets a call from the Sarge. Sarge, hey, I need those files. Well, you downloaded Winward, right? And so they do the whole spiel and everything. That's great. <laughs> yeah, none of us won. No, but no, we yeah. all put in. It, it was a lot of dough. I think it was oh, like yeah. five grand, ten grand. It was yeah, a lot of dough. yeah, yeah. I wanted it. Adams was a very, like, it was all movie gags. Awesome. Like, the whole thing was, like, uh, movie nerd jokes. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, so you graduate from high school and you're like, nuts to this, I'm going to Toronto? Basically, Basically. yeah. I, I just, I was, you know, 19 yeah. at the time. Uh, and, yeah, I just wanted to, I think I just, I wanted to go to the big city. You yeah. know, I wanted yeah. the big city lights. Absolutely. I still, I, I adore it here and, and, uh always come back and always want to come back. But at that time I was just like, you know, I'd spent 19 years in Thunder Bay yeah. and I just wanted to see what else was out there. Was I was the same. That's yeah, why yeah. I came up here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just want to, you want to branch out. You yeah. want to see something else. So that's, that's what I did. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, had a yeah. great time there. You made some films, you worked on some films. Yep. One of them was called The Ties. Oh yeah. The Ties. Yeah. Was that a student film? It's a student film. Yeah. yeah. So one of my great friends, yeah. uh, John Lines. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. was production designer on that. So we, John Lines and I went went to school together. That's great. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's I haven't heard that name in a while. So John Lines has a Lincoln Park tattoo on his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. Oh, now I have to make John listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told us the story. We yeah. made him show us. Yeah. I tell people about that tattoo all the time. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm going to tell you a little funny story. I made John feel better. I almost got an even worse tattoo. Okay. So we'll talk about wrestling in a little bit, but I was a huge wrestling fanatic. Yeah. Yeah. And so myself and three other people were going to get a DX tattooed on our arms <laughs> so that we could do the cross. Thank God no, we yeah, didn't. Good you didn't so do that. I was like, you know, John, it could have Suck been a it. lot worse. <laughs> but yeah, no, we all we all chirped John. So John uh, works at William F. White. That's yep. where we met. He's still there. Right? Uh, he's still there. Yep. Um, he was running inventory uh, last I checked. So he's he's staying he's staying on their ladder yep. and uh, doing really well. Amazing. So uh, yeah. I did reach out to him and tell him that we were going to talk, and he says hi. Oh, hello, John. He said yeah. you were. He said, oh, and he's awesome. And I, I love was like, John. Yeah, yeah. John's. John's one of the sweetest men on yep. the planet. Yeah. Uh, he would uh, he would do anything for you. He's that kind of the guy. Yeah, yeah. Know? John is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And also Michael Shazinski, was he there? So the we're going to talk about that next. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. So uh, then you went on to make uh, your your film. Uh, this Was this your independent directorial debut, Little Matthew? Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that one, I noticed Michael. Yeah, yeah. So Michael cam-opt one of my films. No way. So here's how weird the six oh, degrees that's gets. crazy, yeah. There was a fellow in my class when I was a student here called Kyle Fadunia. He was from Manitoba, which meant he was weird. And he made this <laughs> art film uh, in high school called Life Without Spoons. Cool. And it was a, and and it was just about a world without spoons and how yeah. do we survive without them? And there was no words; it was just all artsy fartsy. And yeah, it was yeah. just he was being funny with it. And so we made a sequel here, which didn't really do well because we were just trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So about ten years ago, out of nowhere, I said, "Dude, I want to make a third one, and I want it to be a Christmas special. Sweet. I want to do a world without spoons three. And so it's <laughs> a guy on Christmas Eve trying to eat soup." Okay, okay. And he's got two forks. <laughs> World without spoons. Yeah. And uh, and he he agreed. He said, "Yeah, take the story, go for it." I don't even know why you're asking me. <laughs> and Michael worked at White's, uh, yep. Layman F. White, and we were we uh, were also solid friends. And so he shot wow. it for me. In, did you shoot it in, down south? Yeah, so okay. we shot it down south. So okay. we were we all the exteriors. We shot dead of winter, so we were right on Lakefront Promenade. Yeah. Um, right on the lake shore, we get that gorgeous chunks of ice floating on Lake Ontario. So yeah. Great stuff. And then we did a bunch of interiors. And it was, a again, I was trying to be artsy-fartsy. So, like, SCTV used to do these great artsy-fartsy fake movies all the time. Yeah. I just love SCTV <laughs> yeah, yeah. so much. And so, uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Mm. Full full circle again. Wow. Because I, I got to work with Michael. And, yeah, uh, he's yeah. He's a great guy. Michael's in, the, yeah. And basically anybody who, that film was all self-funded. Everybody involved in it was a volunteer. Awesome. Right? So, anybody who's in the credits of those, of that movie... Year. I made that movie like I don't know, fifteen years ago or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and uh, but I owe you know everybody who's in the credits. Just I owe them so much because that's all people coming out for nothing, right? Yeah. For free to coming coming to help a friend make something <laughs> essentially. So Mike, I also went to school with, that's and awesome. yeah, and he came out and did that. Yeah, made, we I made that movie. That was took me about a year to make it. I would say just again. Completely independently, so I was working other film jobs at the time. Of course, I was doing a lot of camera assisting yep. while I was uh, in the in the days, and a lot of uh, assistant editing as well. I did both mm-hmm. of that, and I got to do a little camera operating here and there. Um, but I was mainly camera assisting camera, uh, and I was also an assistant to a, a director as well. Oh wow! Um, while he was making his film, and so I was, but I, and that was good because I got to do 
I got to kind of shoot behind the scenes of his film, and Who I was would that? edit these. His name was Casey Walker. Was it? I was it a little bit zombie. It is a little bit zombie. Yeah, yeah. I was at the premiere for that. In oh, Toronto. you were? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Casey yeah, and I go yeah, way back. Yeah. He's a graduate of Conflicts as well. So he we're is. All yeah, yeah, yeah. One big fan. But uh, yeah, yeah. I was at, I was assisting Casey, and mm-hmm. I got to shoot the behind the scenes a little bit awesome. and cut it and edit it, which was great. Like That's that was fantastic. To be able to, you know, a camera assisting was fun, but then to be able to actually like make something and be being paid to be making something yeah. is incredible, right? Like that's the that's the dream. That's the dream. So I was doing that while on the side I was trying to finish this short film. Mm-hmm. And then finally finished the short film and we got it into I think it premiered at Fantasia. Awesome. Yeah, which was awesome. That was a really wicked played in front of a feature. And then played a bunch of other little festival, little horror festivals all over the place. Played yeah. uh, Terror in the Bay. Of course. Here, yeah. yeah. We won the audience award there. Hey, congrats. It was That's awesome. Great. Yeah. Um yeah, it was really, it, it was a, a super fun, hard, just a great learning experience Yeah, as, as far as making my first independent film out of film school, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I have a question about the tech side because mm. I, I watched it last night mm. and wow. the hand effects, the hands, I mean, the face was great. Yeah. But when coming out, like the the transformations, yeah, yeah. it was a, like a touchback to John Landis. There, you yeah, got a yeah. little bit of American Werewolf in, uh, in one of, London. That's one of my favorite movies. Too. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah. So that was a just a great marriage of practical and a little bit of VFX, just a little bit. Because I've always, even then, I knew that like the two ha- the two always have to be coincided. <laughs> practical 100%. effects. In order for everything to, you need your practical elements to be super strong and be that a practical plate, a practical, um, something practical in the frame. Yeah. You just, you need something real to ground you in the shot always. Yeah. And I only wanted like slight augmentation from special effects. Just very, very minor. Uh, so, so what's happening there, it's a super cheap camera trick. Super cheap. Just the way we were shooting it, all we did was have the we had her tuck her the we had a contortionist Abby uh, played the played the transformed boy. Mm-hmm. It's basically about this. It's about a, a demon child, mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he transforms into the demon, we had a uh, contortionist take over the role, and so we had her tuck her arm into the sleeve and we framed it uh, a little bit low angle so you hid the top of the sleeve. And then I tugged the sleeve back as she extended her arm. Uh, so it just gave the motion of, and then with sound design, with crackling yeah. and wet, like, we had the, it sound like the arm was really stretching and the skin was pulling, which is all you need. It's just, it's wonderful. You're, you're telling people what they're hearing, right? Yes. Yeah. It worked. It, it does, was effective. Yeah. And then we did, so what we did though in VFX, we had a little bit of just veins pop up yep. while that was happening. So VFX is just some veins popping up. Which I think helps sell everything too. Totally. In that moment. And then the the hands coming out of the face was just someone hiding behind yeah. the kid. Uh, it was the, the contortionist hiding behind the kid, and we rotoscoped her, what was left of her uh, from behind him. Yeah. And it's just her hands coming forward. Skin peeling was uh, just liquid latex. Yeah. Just a layer of liquid latex, uh, and um, we would he would pull the skin forward. We did go in and VFX a little bit of red meat under there just mm-hmm. to see something when he's pulling the latex sure, off. Sure, yeah. And then um, we would go in and, of course, we would cut away, go in and add more blood, cut in, cut away, add more blood. So it was really falling. And then I think the shot, to me, I, that sells it so great is, like, we just got a shot of his feet and a bunch of gooey meat yes. like smacking down on the ground, <laughs> which is super easy to do, right? Like, But it's those like those little tricks that 
make the whole thing awesome. complete. And then of course all the contortion is like was her that was yeah. and flipping around and coupled with sound effects of snapping and cracking and well that yeah. makes a lot of sense because i was watching it going well this can't be post like you didn't yeah. have the budget for this no no <laughs> so you got a contortion yeah That's yeah fantastic. yeah yeah as a friend of a friend so you want to know how we're connected with this film i'm so so randy fever no of course because he was in of my course yes oh my goodness gracious yeah. yeah yeah and so i saw randy like oh it's my man randy yeah. i love randy me too i met randy we acted in a movie together we played cavemen Okay. And and he's the funniest guy alive. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he was a comedian until after that day. Yeah, yeah. Because we were just one after another. Yeah. The whole day. Like, should have had a camera on us. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Having so much fun. And so I brought him out to act in a very small role. He was the abusive partner of uh, Justette, the woman who was being forced to watch yeah. Riel die. So oh, she's wow. a he she's a Francophone woman in a English, yeah. Anglo-Saxon uh, community. Yep. And they're going to... They're going to execute her hero, yeah. and he's going to make her watch. That's yeah. basically part of the story, right? Yeah. And so really sad, awful stuff, obviously. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And he killed it. Yeah. He was like the funniest guy in the world, and he was like, I don't know if I can do this. He's a great dramatic actor. He was actor. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Randy is uh, a wonderful human being. Yeah. He was great in your film. Yeah. That's a re- lot to carry, he, emotion-wise. Yeah, big time, yeah. And he carried it. Oh, yeah. We had a whole, like, there's a whole other element in there. It's like, it, there's there's aspects of it but like the movie originally was like 46 pages long and right. had this whole there's this whole backstory about him like losing his wife and all mm-hmm. this stuff and it was uh we shot it like you know we cut it out because we realized the short shorter movie is the better especially for short films but we uh we had this whole storyline and he killed all of that stuff too just yeah. like all this like this grieving man you know in yeah a very dark place in his life um but yeah randy was incredible he I didn't know he was from Thunder Bay. What, like we auditioned him, and then we fe- like as we were talking while he was auditioning, um, found out he was from Thunder Bay. He was already perfect for the role. He's exactly yeah. what I wanted for that role. And yeah, and then he said he was from Thunder Bay, and I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, like that. Yeah. that it's just always great. Again, it's a small world. That's so funny, Randy Fever. Randy I'd Fever. love to cast Randy in something. Me Again, too. I've always wanted to. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I yeah. I adore Randy. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I hope he's doing well. But and and your movie yesterday reminded me that I gotta track him down. Yeah, yeah, reach out to him. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, definitely. So little Matthew, and now yeah. you're you're already working in the field. You're doing some camera assistant work. You're doing yeah. some other stuff, and then all of a sudden we get to yeah, Operation yeah. Avalanche. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a million questions about this one. Sure. Let's start with how. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. How yeah. did this story come about? I mean, I know. I mean, you didn't write it, obviously, yep. but yep. but I know like you're a big part of this. And yeah, yeah. What? Tell me what's going on here. How did this thing happen? Yeah. So at like I was a big fan of that cruise. Uh, they did a web series called Nirvana: The Band, The Show. Yep. Um, they did a web se- in like 2000. I was in high school. Yeah, when, I want to say it was like 07, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. To no, be no. I was in high school when it was happening, and yeah. then someone reached out to me a friend of mine once and said like, oh, I think the, the comment they had said is like, you should be in this show. Like you, you remind me of these guys. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I got hooked on it. I'm like, this show's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. This is like very nerdy. It's everything, right? It was very my generation and I loved it. And a lot of video game stuff and it was great. I'm a big video game fan. Me too. Well. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I had, uh, oh, that's right. And Matthew Miller, who's a producer in mm-hmm. that team, was he was teaching me at a certain mm-hmm. point? Oh, and, okay, yeah, and cool. That's how I got oh, wow. brought in to the Dirties. They yes, were, they they needed some help 
uh, doing some reshoots of the dirties. I haven't seen it, but that's about, oh. that's, that's about a, a bully, right? They're they're, uh, they're gonna like yeah, it's a revenge it's, on a bully. Or it's something? A, it's a it's a school shooting. Oh, okay. film. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Mock, uh, not Mock, well, faux doc, faux documentary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we kind of we call Operation Avalanche a faux documentary as well. Yeah. So my friend Kurt Lobb and I did all a whole bunch of the reshoots for the dirties, mm-hmm. which was a big percentage of the movie because uh, I'll go into the process. Of how, yeah, of course, we shoot when we talk more about Operation Avalanche, but the process involves a lot of reshooting, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's kind of crafting the story yes. in the edit, you know, and then slow, kind of going back and finding these. And like, is and Nirvana the same way? Very much so. I could tell. Yeah, very yes. much so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I went and shot a bunch of those, a bunch of the reshoots of the Dirties, and that was kind of that got me into that mm-hmm. group. Essentially, we all got along really well. We had the exact same sense of humor, having a wonderful time. And then Operation Avalanche came came along, and the Dirties went to Slam Dance and mm-hmm. it won Slam Dance that year. Wow! And that was the kind of spark, yeah. right? That I, the, so now Matt, the director, was getting lots of meetings mm-hmm. with different uh, different companies, and Lionsgate was one of the companies, and. I guess on the way to Slamdance, I think him and Miller had had this idea about a faux documentary about faking the moon landing yeah. uh, set in the 60s. And so they went to Lionsgate and they pitched the idea. And Lionsgate, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, and I think there was a bit of a hesitation there. And so when Matt came, Matt came back, we shot this like two and a half minute trailer mm-hmm. for Operation Avalanche where I got a red one and I got an old... Super 35, or no, it was a Super 16 Ingenue zoom lens. Nice. Vintage Ingenue zoom lens. And it was huge. It was like the red one, and the lens was so big, and it was all handheld. And um, that, once I saw that, once we put that lens on there, because what that, what the interesting thing about the red one is, do you, you guys have a red one here? We have it. I haven't looked at it. Okay. It's been in the cage it's for like four years. Great camera, actually. Uh, it, when you um, take the sensor... It actually, when you go from 4K to 2K on the sensor, it actually uses, utilizes a, a smaller frame of the sensor, right? So it's not like it's actually downgrading the whole sensor. It's like using, rather than the 4K of the sensor, it's punching into 2K of the sensor, which I know more cameras do now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was like the only camera that would do that. Right. So then, therefore, what that does is you can use 16 millimeter lenses because 16 millimeter lens, the sensor the sensor at 2K is it was about the size of a super 16 millimeter frame of film. So there's not much cropping at or none. No, none. no yeah, cropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I was able to put a vintage super 16 lenses on the red one, which is a very cool effect. <laughs> some kind of blowing my mind some right now. Some of you guys now. can probably do here cuz yeah, we've got those lenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, you just All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try right, it I'm out, doing try it. I if you need I'd love to come yeah, well, check it out. Okay, cool, cool. That sounds great. Yeah, so you it cropped it in. And it does give you if it does the opposite of cropping. It gives you it makes your lenses a touch longer. Okay, just a little bit, but not not in a crazy way. You're still getting, which I mean, longer lenses. Nothing wrong with that. No, not <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's we. I had that, and we shot this over three days. We shot this teaser, and um, my friend Kurt again and I and the writer, one of the writers of the film, Josh Bowles. Yep. We sat up late one night and like edited this teaser, the three of us to. Um, Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin. Because we were like, that came out the year of the moon landing. So <laughs> let's do that. And uh, 
yeah, we, we released the trailer. Uh, we sent the trailer to Lionsgate, and that was basically, we're off to the races. Like, Let's make this movie. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, how much of that was shot on on, on, on film? Uh, I would say uh, probably about 20% of the film. Okay. Yeah, but the entirety of the film after that was printed to Super 16. Yeah. That's why. Yes, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it... it there were times when I could see a di- like a digital dynamic yep. range, but yep. it looked like film. Yeah. And there were times when I could tell it was film because the whites were blooming. A bit. Yes, yes, yeah. Like the white shirts were blooming, and I'm like, yeah. oh, this is film. I yeah, know yeah, this is yeah. Oh, yeah. wonderful, so wonderful. That also, there was a great blooming effect used by the colorist, Tom mm-hmm. Fisher. Yep. He had found this really amazing blooming effect uh, that really felt like film. Yes. <laughs> so he adds those in, especially, I think I know the exact moment you're talking about. Yeah. It's really... It's got almost got like a purple in it, yes. right in the bloom. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. a gorgeous film. Yeah, yeah, I'm very wow. happy with how it looks. But yeah, the first, our philosophy was like the first ten percent of the film is shot on actual film. Yeah, the first thing you see in the film is a Super Eight footage. Mm-hmm. It's actually Super Eight footage I shot during the trailer. Oh, cool! Shooting. Like yeah, which never ended up in the trailer. Just like we had it, and we're like. It's great because we shot the trailer about two years before we shot the rest of the film. Right. So the, the Super 8 footage is supposed to be Matt and Owen when they're in school. Like, yeah. And so they look younger. And it, like, oh, it worked really well because we great. actually shot it two years before. But the first thing you see is Super 8 footage. And then the next thing you see is Super 16 black and white footage. Mm-hmm. And that's real, Super yep. 16 film. And then the idea being that when we trans- when we transition into digital – we were kind of hoping of playing a little bit of a psychological trick on people yeah. there because you've actually have been looking at real film up to that point. Yep. And then you're looking at digital transfer to film for the yes. rest of the movie because yeah. you can't, couldn't afford to do the whole movie on oh, film. Oh, it's like Avatar Way of the Water, exactly. right? First two minutes are going to be in Navi and then we're going to go English. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forgot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot. You got it. You got what you wanted. Yeah, no, that's mm. great. That's absolutely great. So um, one of the things I've noticed uh, about a lot of um, – a lot of Matt's work, but I think a lot of breakthrough Canadian work yeah. from the last 15 years. Yeah. There's a foundation of documentary. Yeah. In in a uh, lot of this work. Yeah. Now, this is just me pontificating. Yeah. But do you think this is a a subconscious draw because documentary is our contribution to the history of film? As Canadians? As Canadians? Yeah, that's interesting. Is, is, or is it maybe because we grew up with Canadian content. We were always getting at little documentaries. Yeah. Is it just normal for us to gravitate to this? Because um, I have American friends that didn't have any of this. Yeah. They didn't have these. They had uh, Schoolhouse Rocks. Yeah. But <laughs> we have heritage moments. Yeah. We have NFB. Yeah. We have these wonderful, quaint, yeah, subtle ways that we can tell our history. Yes. And I'm wondering if somehow that's playing an effect because whether it's and I even wrote down a few uh, examples, although I don't think they're great. Yeah, Trailer Park Boys, yeah. like even totally, going back yeah. to like Tom Green, or, yeah, yeah, or even stuff like uh, Nathan for you, yeah, yeah. It yeah. seems like Canadians seem to gravitate, yeah, towards uh, having a documentary. Whether how, however we get there, there it's it seems to germinate from the same soil, yeah. I think comedy, I think it goes back to what we we're talking about, like films that influenced us. So it's like, uh, is authenticity. Yeah. Because documentaries are, that's true authenticity. Yes. You're literally filming a real, you're filming a real, like like uh, if you're going cinema verite, like, and especially those NFB documentaries, like mm-hmm. 
you're following people. Yes, yeah. the camera is following real people, and you can't. There are actors who touch truth like that, but you can't. You can't fully mimic the truth of like mm-hmm. following a real person in their home. Yeah, while they're like making breakfast and telling you a story, like that's that's something that. Yeah, that's true authenticity yeah. <laughs> on film. Yeah. I agree, though. That's so interesting. I've never thought of it that way, but that's so true. Like, I've shown NFB to some American friends, and mm-hmm. it, like people who did, like you know, they know it existed. But then when you show like the the vast amount of films that are in that yeah. library and how incredible they are, yeah. especially like I'm a huge fan of like 70s, 60s, Me 70s, 80s, and if NFB is like. Me too. It's like, this is. This it's is a gold mine. Magic. Yeah, it's like true magic. It really yeah. is. So Thank good. you for saying that. Yeah. I beg the kids. I have oh, a history yeah. of film class and I'm yeah. always going back to NFB. Oh, it's so It's good. a treasure trove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's and fun to see the country in yes. that era too. And you're like, oh, wow. Like. I also love. Uh, Do you guys watch North of Superior here? That movie. Oh, the the first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first IMAX, IMAX film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I play about a minute of it. Oh, that movie's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I've seen great. it in IMAX. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that movie's beautiful too, and yeah, that feels. That's not an NFB movie, but it feels like one. Oh yeah, totally. It totally has that NFB vibe, and um, there's an NFB movie I watched recently. Oh my goodness, it's so good. It's about the Satan's choice in. Um, the 60s mm-hmm. in in their clubhouse on uh, like Greenwood and Coxwell yep. or Coxwell or Coxwell and uh, Gerard where yeah, they, Don it, Shabib did that one I think right yes yeah yes, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, all yeah. black and white yeah so it's, it's fantastic oh I've seen it that's fantastic yeah that movie like I was like this is the coolest thing ever yeah. and it's so intimate and personal and that's that's what it is it's the in, intimate personal authenticity yeah. of Doc and I guess that is what rings true into like making a faux documentary yeah, yeah. and Trailer Park Boys like Man, the first first seven seasons of Trailer Park Boys, that's like yeah. that's like that there's nothing better than that. No, <laughs> that, I know the show is it, so it really good. it's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I uh one of my favorite Canadian films is uh Going Down the Road. Oh yeah. And I yeah. play that. Um so I, yeah, I, I, I teach a history of film class. Yeah. And each class is a different decade. Yeah. But I like to play movies as opposed to clips. Sure. I want you to see a piece of work that reflects yeah. something. And so in the 70s, everyone thinks I'm going to pick something for like Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. the 60s, right? You know what I mean? They're, yeah, or you're gonna get, Yeah, you're going to get that. No, yeah. I play Going Down the Road. You're wicked. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the first year I taught it, one of the students pulled me aside and goes, it's weird that it has a bit of a documentary approach within yeah. the cinematography. Yeah. Because it's fine. The film is constantly finding the shot. Yes. And yes. I'm like, I never thought of that before. Yeah, yeah. Because even in something that old, our first national film to break yeah and it does have a documentary film absolutely yeah yeah phenomenal there's a documentary there's something about from a cinematography standpoint too i think documentary is really important to mm-hmm. have worked in uh because you're forced into situations in documentary even more than you are uh, indie film you're kind of forced into things as well so yeah like uh with documentary film and cinematography it's important to learn. I think learning cinematography in a documentary world is really awesome because as, as I've said, like you're forced into these situations Mm -hmm. and you are forced into that in independent film all the time. Sometimes you're, you lose a location last minute and you're like, Oh shit, I gotta like, yeah, now I've got to shoot this somewhere else. And like, I've, I was all planned for that location and Oh my God, (laughs) it's stressful, but, uh, but you get through it. (laughs) Um, but docs are like, that's constantly happening. Yes. Because you're, especially Verite, you're being forced to like follow people and like 
go into these different rooms and, and things where it's like the lighting's not quite right. So it's like you kind of have to position people in your camera in a way that like uh, is helping you tell the story first always, yes. but still has to have like an appeal to it, right? In yeah. some way. And so you're aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Which I mean, the most aesthetically pleasing stuff is telling your story, yeah. right? That's the best. But Doc kind of forces you to be in that that realm and and also it's it's a it's often fat like faster if it's a faux documentary because mm-hmm. things can things can look kind of rough sometimes and that's okay because you're telling a story that isn't planned you're supposed yeah. to be telling a story that isn't planned with like a faux documentary like operation avalanche so if things blow out and things get a little weird sometimes that actually kind of helps you totally. <laughs> it helps you tell your story and yeah. it helps the authenticity of the story which that's a thing that always bothers me with faux documentary when it looks too good yes you're just like what like that's this doesn't make any sense like that's this would be the camera shouldn't be there to get the reaction yeah every yeah, time exactly yeah yeah i agree mm-hmm. now um so what, a couple of things I, that really stood, stood out for me. Um, one was uh, trying to find architecture that would fit the 60s. Yeah. I noticed uh, that some of the shots, maybe the camera was a little low. Uh, maybe you're trying to cut out a window <laughs> sure, or you're trying yeah. to cut out a sign or something. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's that same sort of thing where you know, you're know you're, you're, you're editing. Yeah. As a cinematographer, yeah. you're editing on the fly. Huge. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and making it all work, which is just absolutely fascinating. Yeah. One of the things I loved, probably my favorite shot in the film, and I just watched it again this weekend because yeah. uh, I wanted to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my son watched it with me. Oh, really? It was great. Yeah. Oh, how old is he? He's son? 13. Okay, okay. Yeah, cool, it was cool, a great, cool. great age. He, he loved it. He oh, loved sweet. it. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and, and in fact, when uh, uh, when the tables turn at the end, yeah. you, you could see him like getting right into oh, it. Oh, wow. Like okay. when, when, uh, when they go to dig up. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. oh, it's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was this great naked gun shot where you put the camera on the dash, yeah. and you got the great music playing, yeah. and it pulls boom, down this boom, road, boom, and it yeah. turns in, and you open the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you open the barn door, yeah, yeah. and there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a like. Yeah, I mean, the movie is something. Yeah, yeah. Up yeah. until that point, yes, and that yeah. shot is yeah. kind of like. This movie just got really yeah. next level. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean. Like totally. that's a gorgeous. Yeah, the limb. The limb. Okay, the moon lander. Yeah, so, yeah. A, 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 who shot? Whose idea? Like, cause I love that. Like, I, yeah, it's a naked gun shot. But I don't know if you meant it to be a naked gun yeah, shot. Yeah, the police, uh, the police, police squad. Yeah, like, the police yeah, squad yeah, thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that was. I remember we 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 were trying to think of a bunch of different ways to. Uh, that was kind of like a very. That was a very collaborative shot. That was awesome. all of us kind of figuring, like trying to figure out. Because like we would always like it was also kind of a fun because I co-shot that with Jared Rab. Yeah, both of us were our DPs on that movie, and he's the other camera guy in the movie. Yeah, and we were always kind of like trading off. It's like, well, you get to be in this scene, I get to be in that scene. I get to be, like that was kind of always the and and I think that one I was like, I want to, I want to, I wanted to be the guy who opened the door. Like awesome. I want to be the one who was like there late at night, like waiting. Yeah, like the story, like who, what, you know, what, what was. What was the cameraman Andy doing in there while he was yeah, waiting for everybody? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was, yeah, we had planned. We're like, okay, let's start. Let's start at the entrance of the studio. Because we, f- we filmed all that in the real, um, oh my goodness, film port. What was it, film port? I might have to look up what that studio was that we shot in. Okay, it's Revival now, sorry. Oh, it was it's Revival Studio. Yeah, okay, Revival. gotcha. So yeah, it was in Revival Studios. And um, 
we yeah we decided we uh, the shot actually is even longer it's edited out but it started okay. like on the road because it was like four in the morning when we shot that right so not a lot of cars on the road so that was always the big thing was cars yes it was just like because it was not mod- busy back then no yeah and and modern cars was like oh I my god you. we're boning our shots all the time so um that was always like that the cars became my my yeah. uh, I don't know. Achilles heel. Achilles heel, yeah. We would carry we would carry around in that Ford Fairlane, which the film bought. They bought yeah. that blue car, that main blue car. Um, we carried like some drop sheets in the back. because so, sometimes I just go throw it over a car <laughs> just say, like in the Totally. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, so we start on the road and they come off and it also establishes the um geography of the space where yes. they, where a bit of the chase happens after. Uh that first chase where Matt crashes his car mm-hmm. into the corner. Um but yeah, yeah, it's basically starts on the road, comes down, and I had a walkie hidden in there where they're telling me like, okay, open it now. Uh, awesome. And someone was in the back and said, open it now, and uh, yeah, that was that was the moment. That was the lunar lander. I remember lighting it. I remember putting the one just some redheads on it. That's all that's on it there. Yeah, it's two redheads because it was Chris Crane, the production designer, built this like he used. Well, he copied the actual lunar lander, right? And he put that beautiful like Rolo gold oh yeah yeah like all over it and it just like it kicked light everywhere in such a beautiful way that you just literally had to just shine a raw 1k on it on each side and just like lit up and glowed like crazy it was beautiful it's a beautiful shot i remember like like, wow okay i love that shot and they all get out of the car and come in front and stand in front yeah yeah Yeah. the wardrobe was phenomenal i can talk about the wardrobe all day long so the then and okay so here's uh a couple of the weird connections on this one Lori fishberg one of my favorite people on the planet she pm'd and Lori does a lot of pm'ing up up, up absolutely yeah yeah i've run into her on a few different things yeah so she was uh pm'ing a short film called poor to hell okay in the hopes of getting hell yeah yeah yeah, with 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 roddy i know where some of her other connections are coming yeah okay okay, yeah yeah. (laughs) and so i had heard about this and i reached out to Lori because Lori and i are pretty good as a working friend like we don't hang out but like working friends like i love finding out that i'm going to work with Lori for the next eight weeks right because it's going to be a good time and so i I reached out to Lori and said i know you're shopping yeah I will let you know right now. I yeah. will kick down every door at William F. White and beg for the best rates possible. Yes, yes, Bring yeah. Roddy here. Yeah, of course. And yeah. so, unfortunately, another play said free. Just take it for free. Oh. And, and, and so, okay. fair. How can you turn down free? <laughs> but but she gave me, uh, as a thank you, she gave me an autographed uh, Blu-ray of They Live. She got Roddy oh, wow. to, to autograph one for oh, me. Oh, wow. Okay, so, it's yeah. like one of my favorite films. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah. Roddy and everything. So, Lori is just a goddess in my yes, world. Yeah, yeah. She's I, great. I, I, I absolutely adore. She's great, yeah. So yeah, again, it's just neat. Again, it's this whole this yeah. whole industry. So um, Jesse Collier, who uh, you know at William F. White, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. So yeah. Jesse and I, we were we were the two movie nerds when I started at William yes, F. White. Yeah. It was it was just old grumpy men everywhere, and then Jesse <laughs> yeah, and myself. Yeah. They all got fired, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah. we both saw Operation Avalanche uh, when it first came out. I played at TIFF, didn't it? It did. It, yes. Uh, not at TIFF proper. It, the Lightbox the, did. Do a screening of it? Yes. Yes, yeah. It actually played at Hot Docs. Oh, maybe that's where yeah, we saw yeah. it. No, it was at, at, the, Blue, was at, it was at Hot Docs. At the Blur Hot Docs. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where we saw it. Because White's supports Hot Docs. And okay, so we get, yeah. we get passes. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so we both saw that and walked out, and we both said the same thing. This is one of the greatest independent Canadian films ever made oh, in the history of this country. Wow, wow. It is up there with the tippy-tippy tops. Wow. Oh, man, we were both you. completely blown away. Yeah. And then when we went to the Canadian Screen Awards, we saw that it was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. 
And I just want you to know that to this day, that still hurts us. Oh, yeah. Jesse and I were very vocal at William yeah. F. White. Whether you know, you didn't know any of this, yeah. none of you knew this. There was two film nerds at William F. White, the wow. only film nerds. And all we did all day was tell everyone to watch Operation <laughs> Thank you. Avalanche. Oh my God, that's amazing. Because wow. <laughs> I couldn't believe yeah, yeah. what you had accomplished. Yeah. It's because it, it works. Yeah. And it doesn't, it never doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every element synced yeah. really it well. It was nominated for Best VFX. Oh, was it? Okay. Which actually I think is a total crime. It didn't win that. Yes. Because <laughs> Tristan's work. Like again with the with the two thousand one stuff we did. Oh like, my god! Tristan's work, uh, really Beautiful. spearheading that is like unbelievable. And he like it, it was him. It was him and like a couple other artists that he had help, like got to help him. But like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah, very strange. But anyways, uh, we were we were both blown away, and and to this day we still we and and I think having watched this 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 weekend. Yeah. It is. It stands up. Oh, amazing! So, dude, wow. thank you for oh, being oh, a part of it because oh, it's it's yeah. it's a beautiful film. Yeah, I'm still incredibly proud of the car chase. That's for sure. Yeah, so, that's the one of my. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Let's yeah. talk about that sure, for a second. Sure, yeah. We we did like we we were we we it was really choreographed. Of course, uh, yeah, yeah. It yes. was very. Um, this isn't the French Connection or anything. No, 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 no. We yeah, no Friedkin. Not, like yeah, firing a gun next to people's head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, the um, so the other driver is a stunt driver, mm -hmm. the guy in the other car. So that was very important for us because yeah. you kind of know then, you kind of trust that other car. You know that guy is going to get, he can get close to you mm -hmm. and he knows what he's doing, yes. right? But also Matt was, Matt's a very good driver as well. And uh, it's, but that stunt driver really, it, it just gives that extra level of safety. You're like, you know, this guy is never actually going to ram into us. Yeah. He's going to get close enough to make it look like he is, but he, he knows what he's doing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we, and he was awesome too. He had these like, I can't remember his name, but he had all these like ring skull rings all over. And he before every take, he'd pound a Red Bull. He'd get into the car. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this guy's badass!" <laughs> like, like, and he had a line too once where he's just like, "He's like, oh, what did he say?" He's like, "Well, there's lots of men who could uh, operate a vehicle, but not every man can drive." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that was awesome." Yeah, <laughs> <was> like, yeah. <laughs> that felt cool. I like this yeah, guy. Already. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This guy's awesome." And um, he. Uh, we would we shot basically nine takes of it. Mm -hmm. We do nine oh, takes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it makes sense. All day throughout the day, we we sh we went to a conservation area, um, Dundas Conservation Area, and mm -hmm. we did own that spot. So we had it locked off. Yep. So that we, you know, uh, it was done with safety in mind. Of totally. course. Yeah. Uh, the original concept and conceit was more of a French connection, where we we're like, we wanted to be on a road <laughs> and like smashing into old cars and stuff, but. Ultimately, the budget did yeah. not allow us to smash an old cars, which then made us made the script change because that's why we kind of designed. Well, maybe he's hiding this in a field because we we're like we had to go shoot it in a field. Right, so that was kind of an after the fact. Oh, thought. okay. Like, we had to like make that a, a part of the movie now. <laughs> and the hiding in the field shots were actually some of like I actually thought from like a composition standpoint, yeah, some yeah. of the most '60s stuff because Definitely, yeah, there yeah. is so much headspace. Yes, yeah, like yeah, yeah. read like ninety percent headspace, yeah, and yeah. it's beautiful. Well, that's like so '60s and '70s film uh, docs were. A huge reference point for oh, us. No, you yeah. can see it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a movie, there's a series I found when we were doing research for it um, called uh, An American Family. Mm -hmm. I know that like, one. You know yes. the PBS? I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Oh, yeah, I I have it on DVD, and cool. it's um, it's considered like the first reality TV show ever made. Like mm -hmm. that's what it's, but but it's much better than the modern reality. But it's considered the first reality TV because it doesn't 
the lens isn't they're not pushing a, a any kind of agenda at all. They're not pushing. It's literally just a camera on this fam, American family over yep. the course of a year. That's it. And we're just watching their decisions, what they do, um, the Loud family. And uh, that movie was huge for camera work mm-hmm. and composition. Awesome. Huge. Because awesome. it's like a big part of it for me was like a big part of you watch those like Verite documentaries of the day. And it was the crash focus, get your focus, pull back into your frame. Yes. That was constant. It's like 100%. They're, they're constantly because they're getting, they're like, oh shit, I'm a bit out of focus. Yep. Crash into your nose, get your focus, pull back. Now I got you. Yeah. And now, now I'm in this, I'm going to hold this frame for a little bit. And then I'm going to like, you know, crash into that. And which that, so we do that a ton. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also it was all hand focused, right? Like an old. Yes. On the barrel of the lens. Like, <laughs> so you get that kind of like breathing. Of, yeah. Of your hand focusing. Um, it's yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times with, with my students, I, I tell them, don't, don't bank on perfection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like bank on what's right in that moment. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I could talk about that all day. Long. Give me shelter too is a huge reference. Point oh, yes. Too. Yeah. And yeah. That, well, yeah. Verite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was at a I, one of um, the screenings that my student film got into. Mm-hmm. It it played uh, this film festival uh, in Toronto, and uh, one of the other filmmakers had made a verite documentary. And I remember uh, about twenty minutes in, it was about an hour long. This documentary it was really long, and none of us know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's he can tell that the audience uh-huh. is like, "What are we watching?" Yeah, yeah. And so he starts yelling to us what we're seeing on the screen, <laughs> and I'm like. That's exactly the opposite of Verite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> you yeah. you can't do that right yeah. now. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but again, because it's tricky. Because you, yeah. I think a lot of people think Verite is lazy, or that it's shoot till you puke and find it later. But yeah. you, you, your instincts play such a huge 100%. part. Yeah, big part. Big. And part you, of it. if you don't have it, you're not getting it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this other film was like. There was no instinct. Yeah. It was just I'm shooting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's I'll no find it in post. Yeah, there, yeah. Instinct is so. Important.